Nehemiah, um, chapter, chapter 9, uh, without the last verse I think I'm supposed to be doing. So um, we'll go from there. Um, I like Nehemiah. Um, the fact that early on, he, uh, when he, he knew that things were not going well in, in, uh, in his own country... Even though he was in a far-off land, um, and even though he got to a position, quite high position, of being cupbearer for the king, um, he he was generally speaking cheerful. And uh, it, sometimes you get people like that, don't you? Who are generally speaking cheerful, and then suddenly they're not looking very happy, um, and the king wondered what was going on, and so. You've been hearing all about what Nehemiah has done. Um, but where I wanted to go from this morning was Genesis chapter 1, really. Um, because it says there, in the beginning, God. And if you like, that's where we need to start. You might say, well, this is a bit basic, Barry. But the fact is that Unless we acknowledge God as creator, and this is what the first few chapters, uh, first few verses of uh, chapter 9 is, is doing really. They're acknowledging the fact as God as creator. And um, we have a problem if we don't do that, as far as I'm concerned. I believe... You know, this book is given to us for our instruction, for our learning. I think it's in 1 or 2 Timothy that that's the case. But, you know, the fact is that unless we look at all of it, we neglect so much of our God. And there are some people, um, even ministers, around even this area, where they like to take out the first... Uh, two or three chapters of Genesis um, and leave them out. And Genesis is fundamental to what Nehemiah is doing now because they were reading, in verse 6 we read, that thou art the Lord alone. You've made the heaven and the earth and all things that are therein and the seas. You know, God made our world. There is a hymn, uh, Love with Everlasting Love. You know that one probably. Um, but it, uh, 452. Um, but uh, in, the, in the second verse, it says, Something lives in every hue Christless eyes have never seen. You know, and it's true, isn't it? If we neglect the fact that God's creator, we. We don't see the miracle that happens every day in all the things that are going on. You know, I suppose we see it perhaps more in the farm when you're going about and noticing nature a little bit more than perhaps if you're stuck in or something like that. But the fact is that something lives in every hue that Christ's eyes have never seen. How can we look at things and, and not see that God's in them? You know, and then we say thank you. You look at the sunsets, you look at the sunrises, 
you'll be up a little bit early for sunrises nowadays, but, you know, at the moment, the sunset is beautiful. No painter can do it. It just changes as well. You know, as, as you, a little bit earlier on, you could see the sunrises coming, and they went up over your place, and, you know, and they were just creeping up over the hill. And it was amazing, the, the differences in seconds that were there. God made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. And this is what Nehemiah and the others are coming to recognize. Uh, thank you for those names, because it wasn't easy, was it? But um, I guess you had a little practice before. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why I let somebody else read them, really. But, you know... <laughs> Um, but, but the fact is that we start off there in their recognition of God. And if we don't start there, we're struggling because we're not recognizing how great God is. That's why the children's choruses, that's why the hymns that we've been singing have been about God's greatness. They started off by recognizing who God is. And then, if you like, we go to Genesis chapter 3. Because there we see that man decided that he was going to do better than God. He knew better than God. He was going to be disobedient. Um, All of us come in the same category, don't we? The Bible tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But in Genesis 3, Adam sinned. He was not obedient to God. God wants the best for us. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater, we've sung. He addeth more strength when the labors increase. His love is no limit. His grace is no measure. His power is no boundary known unto men. Get a hold of that. Because it just encourages me. I hope it encourages you as well. That, you know, however great man is, and they've just turned on this uh, thing up in the Swiss mountains again, haven't they, to try and find out about the start of the universe and all the rest of it. You know, I could have told them it's fairly easy. Come here. You know, it's, it's not, you don't need to spend billions of pounds on it. Just, just come here and recognize God as maker. It was interesting the other day. Um, I was hearing uh, someone talk about um, the earth being uh, special and in, in God's creation. And um, it was said that, you know, this, the earth had to be of a certain size... And in a certain spot in the universe in order for life to be here. You know, and, and whilst they're spending billions of pounds herring off to everywhere else to try and find life because they don't believe in, in the Bible and what God's word says, they, they're actually missing out on the fact that God has put it in a specific spot. Um, you know, when you think, I mean, we live in a bit of a frost pocket because we're north-facing, 
on the side of a hill. And in the winter, when the sun comes out, it, we don't get it for three months. And uh, when you look at 93 million miles away, this sun is causing it all to change. And when it doesn't get there, it stays fairly cold. You know, it, it's so exact. And yet we, we just take it for granted that it happened. So first of all, we need to acknowledge God as our maker. That's what Nehemiah and the others were doing in what happened. They also looked at their blessings. When they got to the Red Sea, you know, in, uh, in Exodus 12, I think it is, we read there about the fact that we got to the edge of a little perimeter on the edge of the Red Sea, and uh, Pharaoh was coming here with all his chariots and all the rest of it, and they had a good moan. The people, they were very good, the people of Israel, at having a good moan. And uh, that hasn't changed much ever since. So, you know, that, that's where we are. But they were having a good moan about the fact that God had brought them out of Egypt. That was wonderful. But now he landed them in the desert because there wasn't enough room to bury them in Egypt. So they could bury them when they all died in, in this part. And Moses said, fear not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. And the Lord parted the Red Sea. And I like the fact that the people we read walked over on dry ground. And that's encouraging to me because, um, you know, a couple of, well, 18 months ago, um, from our house, we could see the sea um, quite, quite well for a long time. And if you went walking... Um, in fact, the mud just allowed you to grow taller um, because your wellies just have more and more on it. It's not so easy to walk in mud as it is on dry ground. And God provided dry ground for them. You know, I know it's just a little detail in here, but the difference that it made to them, you know, it's like when you... Try and walk on sand that's soft. You know, you, if you want to build your leg muscles up, fine. But if you don't, um, it's hard work. Um, but God provided the best for them that he could in that position. And that, to me, is what our God does. If only we recognize it. You know, he, he provides the best for us. Um, and we read there about the fact that all the way through this chapter, um, God provided. And then the people sinned. You know, it reminds me of, um, I think it's Deuteronomy chapter 8. Um, I'm not too good on these things, but um, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter Eight. Um, I have to get my glasses on for this bit. Um, yeah, it says there about 
um, the fact that God had provided a land for them. And it says, when thou hast eaten, thou art full, in verse 10 of chapter 8, um, thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and flocks multiply, and thy silver and golds multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, lest thou forget the Lord thy God. And I believe in many ways we're in that state today in our country, in that we're seeking to manage on our own. God is being sidelined and man is being lifted up to a position where God didn't intend him to be. And we read there about the fact that God, in his mercy in Nehemiah 9, picked up the people when they were down, when they were afflicted, when they were oppressed, because of their own city faults, really. Um, And yet, God was gracious and lifted them up. And set them on the straight and narrow again. And then they went on for a bit. You know. uh, uh, And then they slipped again. Because they thought they could manage on their own. And society today. Is seeking to push God out of life. Out, Out of all that's going on. Saying we can manage without God. As they were in the wilderness, we read there of the fact that God provided manna for them, provided water, and how much water they needed when they were in the wilderness. And the fact that uh, their clothes didn't wear out, and um, Clark certainly would have been out of a job because their feet didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out in the 40 years. Um, You know, I, I... a little aside is that I had a pair of Clark shoes and I went over to America to my uh, cousin's daughter's wedding and it was very, very hot over there and the sort of welding between the sole and the upper melted and suddenly I felt it getting very hot on my feet and I looked down and basically the top half had come away from the other part. Um, so when I came back, I sort of um, wrote to Clarks and showed them the shoes. <laughs> and they said, oh, well, at the age they were at, you'd expect them to wear out, you know. <laughs> but God here allowed them 40 years to go through the wilderness and didn't hurt their feet. You know, and that that's marvelous when you think about it. Um, and then we find that All the way through that, there were different things, different kings thought they could manage on their own and do everything and didn't need God. 
just like we are today in, in many ways. And, and yet, God in his love and mercy brought them back. He cared for them. His love has no limit. His grace is no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. That's our God. And he brought them back from the brink of problems. And, and Nehemiah, in the end of that chapter, um, recognized the fact that it was their fault. God had been just and fair. And when they'd been taken as captives and the rest of it, it was because they'd disobeyed God's promises. And they were there recognizing the fact that God was fair and just. And you know, there's a lot of people about today that think that God isn't very fair. You know, if there's a problem, they blame it on God. If, if there's things going well, well, we did a good job. And that's how it is. But there they were, and they were recognizing God's provision, his grace, his love. You know, they went down and he picked them up. It's a bit like a youngster trying to walk, isn't it? You know, um, you know they keep falling over and, and they need picking up. Sometimes, we, we had a cow the other day and, and she went down and slipped down and uh, it was just after she had a calf and we had to pick her up, um, not physically, we used a loader to do it, but we had a strap round her and everything else and picked her up for three weeks. Um, and in the end, she stood on her own, which was great, you know. Um, but that's what God is doing to, for us. He's picking us up when we fall down. He encourages us. And as a result, they came to acknowledge that God was just, right, and fair. And so I'd like us just to think for a moment, because time's up, but I'd like us to think for a moment of John 3, 16, 17, 18, 19. Because there... We read of what the Lord's done. But in, I think it's verse 19, um, we read there that, you know, everybody quotes 316, but I, I think we need to go on from there. Um, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because if you go on from there, For God sent not his Son, in verse 17, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Positive. You know, Christianity is positive. Jesus Christ is positive. He wants the best for us. That's why he went to the cross at Calvary. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The people 
in Nehemiah's day, when they came to this point of recognition, realized that God was fair. He was just. And it was their fault that they got into the position they were in. Next week, you'll be hearing about how they dealt with it. But that's where we are. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. His love is no limit. His grace is no measure. His power is no boundary known unto men. Get a hold of that chorus. It's important. It encourages me a lot, and I hope it encourages you as well. But it's there the fact that because we do not believe, we are condemned. By doing nothing, we're condemned, if you like. God wants us to respond to his love. You know, it's all very well having a knowledge up here. But if it doesn't work down there, you might as well forget it. And that's where I would be today with you. The people in Nehemiah's day recognized the fact that God was good, he was almighty, and that he was constantly forgiving them and helping them. And that he was just. And they then had to respond. And that's true for us today. Jesus came in order that we might live and might have life and have it more abundantly. We need to respond to his love. It's no good just having it up there and thinking it's a good idea. We need to know it in our hearts, and we need to give our hearts to him.